region. So, if you remember, at that place, it's believed that Paul caught malaria. And the malaria, type of malaria that, it's, that was there at that time, it gave people a pounding headache and it blurred their vision sometimes. A lot of people think that Paul's, uh, in Corinthians, it says that you know, the Lord gave me a, a thorn in my side to buffet me. In Galatians, he said, I know you would have you've taken your eyes and given to me if you could have. Everybody wants to say, well, it was his eye trouble. That wasn't the thorn. Uh, so don't get that confused or think you've come up with some kind of big answer there. But it blurred the vision. So that this is where John Mark went back. This matters later on in the book of Acts. They got here. John Mark says, I'm going home and I don't know why that screensaver is doing that so quick. It didn't do it last week, but it sure is this week. Um, and so he leaves. He goes home. He comes back to Jerusalem. And they go on. Uh, now they get to Antioch and Pisidia. Remember, there's two Antiochs. We talked about that last week, right? This is not the one where they were called Christians at first. It's right here in Syria. This is still modern-day uh, Syria. So uh, this is the Antioch. Isn't it amazing that the church was started in this area in the Middle East and it's all Muslim controlled now? Yeah. It blows my mind. It really does. But anyway, so they came here. They went to... Uh, and that is where they had to flee for their lives. They came to Lystra. Remember, the Jews were chasing them. If you remember the book of Acts, it tells us that the certain Jews uh, followed them. And they, the Judaizers came. They got to Lystra and they said, this is the same one. So that's where they stoned Paul. He was stoned. They said they drug him out. If you remember last week I read about it, they thought him to be dead. And some people believe that he was dead. I kind of lean that way to a large degree because remember, they stoned him with the intentions to kill him. And if you're going to stone somebody to kill them, you're not going to quit till you're pretty much sure they're dead. Now, I'd say some of them had practice, no doubt. And so uh, a lot of people believe that this is where Paul was caught up to the third heaven to have the visions that he saw because we said that we knew, I've talked about this before, that to endure what he had to endure and go through what he went through and accomplish what God needed to accomplish through him, he needed something real. And, and it took, I think, a vision of heaven to know what he was, uh, you know, trying to attain to, what his goal was. So uh, he was raised, uh, mistaken for God's, Paul Stone, because they healed somebody, mistaken for God's, Paul Stone, they went to Derby, that's as far as they went, and they went back the same trace, the same steps, and came back and came back to Antioch and reported on their journeys. So somebody tell me on your timeline what year we are at right now. <laughs> Go back a few years. Uh, come back a little more than that. There we go. Uh, 40, 40, AD 47, AD 48. It's lasted a little, about a year, maybe a touch over a year, but around a year is how long this missionary journey lasts. In AD 48, at the bottom of this page, I think the they're not numbered. I believe the third page in is where it's at. 
if you look on the bottom of, of AD 48, you'll see it. Paul returns to the same cities and sails back to Antioch. Then it said they're led astray by Judaizers from Jerusalem. It's not so much that Paul and Barnabas was led astray. They knew the truth. But if you remember, um, Peter was who was being led astray and he saw, Paul saw the conflict going on there. That is when he went to Jerusalem to the council. Does anybody remember why they went to Jerusalem for the first council? Remember, this is after Paul's first missionary journey. His name is kind of is starting to spread. Peter is come, going kind of off the scene as far as the main character in Acts, and Paul is coming on the scene as the main character. The reason being is in Galatia. Now, this is, this is the green region of Galatia. So when you read the book of Galatians, it's primarily taking in this area. It's not one town. Some of, the, some of the epistles are one particular area. Example, here's Ephesus, which we have the book of. Um, and there's a few more like that. Here's a town called Corinth, which we have first and second. See how simple that is? Um, and so, but they came, and the problem was is that a lot of the Jews, as you remember, I said, were still holding on to the Jewish law. And the Judaizers come in and said that you had to be circumcised in order to be saved. That the men had to be circumcised. And Paul was saying that it's not required for salvation. If you want to do that for practice, fine, but it does not gain you any merit with God. No longer works that way. Did I say something funny or something? Everybody kind of started laughing or something. I didn't know. But anyway. Um, and so they had the meeting here at Jerusalem in AD 48. And many believe, and me included, uh, some people don't agree with this. It's not a massive deal. That's when the book of Galatians was written, shortly after this. Because if you read it, it goes in line with that meeting. And the Bible tells us about that meeting. So... Um, at that meeting, Judas and Silas are chosen by the apostles to return to Jerusalem. And if you turn the page, A.D. 49, they go back to Antioch. And if you look on this timeline, it says, top of the right, Paul writes Galatians from Antioch and Syria. Um, this is also when Claudius was expelled, all the Jews from Rome. Uh, that does matter. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. That's let, let me tell you this real quickly, and I hope I'm not confusing you. But the reason these timelines give Roman uh, history as well, you got to realize how much Rome played into this. Because if you remember, after Paul's third missionary journey, when he was uh, arrested and sent to Rome for sentencing, Rome played a major role in the Bible. Uh, how do you think all the roads were made for these guys to get around on? Who do you think made them? The Romans. They did it for war reasons. But what they didn't realize is they gave God's men roads to walk on to go spread the gospel. That's why those roads were built. They can claim what they want. I'll agree with you. We need some modern Romans to make some roads today, don't we? Amen. So he writes... Uh, 
the book of Galatians. And now here's what happens. And I'm going to go to another, um, this one. I don't even know what that is, but anyway. All right, this is the second missionary journey. Somebody tell me what chapter we're in in the book of Acts right now. I believe that is correct. Yes. At the end of chapter 15 and beginning of chapter 16, Paul and Barnabas depart. Does anybody remember why? John Mark. Uh, if you remember, John Mark was Barnabas' Barnabas's nephew. So he probably had a little more affection towards him and a little more compassion. He was probably a young man at the time. So they leave Antioch. Paul and Barnabas says, you know what? I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. Paul takes John Mark and they head to Cyprus. This is really the last time we hear of Barnabas in the book of Acts. And John Mark is mentioned later on. But we don't hear much more about Barnabas after this. But they went to Cyprus. Paul took Silas and said, come on, we gone. So they travel by land. Now this is a mountainous area. This is, this is not Kansas. Uh, you got some mountains across. It's rugged, some of it's rugged terrain. But what he done is he took that letters that he had for the book of Galatians, for the churches, which we have in our Bible today, the book of Galatians. That's the letter that he had. And he takes them to these churches and drops them off. Here at Lystra, they pick up Timothy. It's believed that Timothy possibly witnessed Paul getting stoned. Uh, he was there. More than likely, he was saved under Paul's preaching. If you remember, also in the first missionary journey, I said that they were, um, people thought they were gods because they healed people. Paul said, it's not us, it's Jesus Christ. And they stoned him. So they pick up Timothy and they keep going. So uh, after this, it's believed then that, uh, I'm sorry. Here, I'm glad that's one reason I picked this map. It says, Paul forbidden by the Spirit to preach in Asia and Bithynia. That's up in here. If you remember, we talked about this when we went through the book of Acts. Um, and I should have highlighted that. I thought I'd remember exactly where it was at and I know better than to depend on my memory because Morgan and I talked about the short pencil and the long pencil and the short memory. Anyway, but what Paul wanted to do was go this way. And Holy Spirit led him to keep going this way. And Luke said, we need help. Paul saw a vision, so he went and he met Luke here and he's called to preach at Macedonia. So they pick up a boat at Troas. And then they go over to Neapolis and Philippi. Does anybody remember what happened to Philippi? What chapter in the book of Acts are we in now? Do what? I don't know, you tell me. How about 16? <laughs> uh, we are about A.D. 50. So we're around, uh, how many years after Pentecost? It's about 20 years 
after Pentecost right now. They've been about 20 years time frame. So, um, does everybody remember what happened at Philippi? Do what? Paul and Silas were starting in prison. That's where they started singing and praising at midnight. So at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing and, pray, and sing praises to God. Of course, the earthquake happened. All the doors were open. The Philippian jailer come running out, going to stab himself. Paul said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. And so from there, the church of Philippians was started. Um, now, in this little box, and it tells us in, in the beginning of this chapter, Lydia and her household believe Paul and Silas beaten and thrown in jail. Jail and his household believe. Because when every time Paul come to town, um, when he started preaching the gospel, people didn't like that. They got all upset. And Lydia was a seller of purple. She worshipped God. But he also cast out somebody that had an unclean spirit. And that is really what upset people. That is when they got mad. Because the people there uh, said they saw their gains gone. They lost it, so they threw a fit. Uh, that's happened more than once in Paul's ministry. But here, uh, Lydia is saved and that matters, that's another part. I'm leaving some of this for you all to go back and study, hopefully, and read. So they, so they leave Philippi. Then they travel through these places. They come to a little place called Thessalonica. Does anybody remember anything about Thessalonica? Do what? First and second Thessalonians. That's how we got that. Has anybody got any questions or comments? Go back there and say between them two. <laughs> okay. I'm aggravating you. I'm joking with you. Um, all right, in, in Acts chapter 17, um, if you read a very faint phrase is we find it here. Um, you've ever heard or also in Acts chapter 17 verse I went into Thessalonica preached the gospel some believed some didn't and they threw a fit. And they come after a guy named Jason and the reason being is he had him stand at his house and of course they wasn't there at the time and there was a major uproar. 
So not long after they got to Thessalonica, they had to leave because they, I mean, their life was getting ready to be in jeopardy. Uh, they didn't hang around very long. So uh, not long after, uh, why he's there, not long after he leaves, Paul writes First and Second Thessalonians. But let me show you some things. Now, after he leaves Thessalonica, he goes through Berea. Berea, the Bereans, said they received the language, received the gospel. I'm sorry. He comes on down to Athens, and here is when Paul meets Aquila and Priscilla. If you remember, their names are mentioned more than once in the Bible, in the Book of Acts. And I think he mentions them a couple times in, the, in some of his epistles. His third missionary journey, they are with him again for, for a time. The reason they are here, if you remember your timeline a few minutes ago, I said the Roman emperor drove the Jews out of Rome. That is why he meets them here. Otherwise, they was in, they was in Rome, but he's, he went all the Jews out of the city, so they left. He meets with them here. And they are here at Corinth. And then they spent, he spent some time at Corinth. So from Corinth is when he writes First and Second Thessalonians. Of course, he sends those letters by other people to get there. All right. Everybody still with me? Okay. Some of your major questions are answered in Thessalonians. Uh, if you're not familiar... 1 Thessalonians is when he covers a lot of end time things. Without that book, it would be hard to argue for the seven year tribulation period. But because of 1 Thessalonians, we can. That is one of the, that is one of the books that gives us concrete evidence of having a pre-rapture to the seven year tribulation period. Then of course, after that, the thousand year millennial reign, and then it's it's all over and done, thank God. Um, so, what chapter are we in? Chapter 18. I'm asking you this, not for, for me to find out. I want, I want you to keep in your mind we're at in the Bible these things take place. So you have at least an idea that you know it'll, it'll jump back to you. So on your timeline, we are now at A.D. 52 when he writes 2 Thessalonians in response to questions from Thessalonica. And he stays in Corinth for quite some time. I think for about two years. Uh, if you look in chapter 18, verse 9. Is everybody there? <laughs> it says, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night, by vision, be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in the city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. So that tells us exactly how long he was there. So what happens then shortly thereafter, of course, you know, more trouble. And he leaves Corinth in the spring and sails to Ephesus. Now one of the reasons... He stayed there as long as well. If you remember on his trip to Rome, what was it that caused all the problem? Somebody mumbled it. Storm. 
the winter storms. You did not sail on the Mediterranean Sea in the winter unless you were ready to meet God because most of the time you did. Prepared or unprepared. You, you, <laughs> you got to see him face to face for a few seconds. So in the spring, he got on a boat, he left Corinth and however you pronounce the name of this place, Conseri, uh, uh, that's a... Uh, that setting will be changed, I'll promise you that. Of course. Come on, baby. Um, and he comes to Ephesus. Now, we're probably not going to get any further than this. Uh, what chapter are we in now? Somebody tell me, where are you at? Still in 18, and we enter also chapter 19 here as well. But in chapter 18 is when we find some of this story. Now, if you remember, when Paul got to Ephesus, in chapter 19, it says, it came to pass, verse 1, that while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Now, this is a very important passage of scripture in the Bible if you remember this we went over this he said unto them have ye received the Holy Ghost since he believed and they said unto him we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost and he said unto them and he said unto them unto what were he baptized and they said unto John's baptism then said Paul John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people they should believe on him that should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. They heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what happened here? Does anybody remember when we went through this, what is taking place? I don't expect you to fully remember, but I just thought I'd take a shot at it. Somewhat, but they... Well, they hadn't heard the complete story. And when it says here, and when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied, and all men were about 12. Now, don't get mad at me. But this is not speaking of what we consider modern-day tongues and prophecy. It's not what took place here. Remember, Acts is a book of transition. It's transitioning from the law to grace. And there's a lot going on. So here in this particular story, when we get to, he gets to Ephesus, which again is right here. Uh, we see Asia, and I forgot what modern country this is today. Uh, I'll let you know next week. <laughs> um, but he he stops there, and Paul did not start this church. Somebody else had presented part of the gospel to these guys. See, if you remember, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. He called people to come to repentance. But these guys had never heard of Jesus Christ and come because John the Baptist was saying, him that comes after me. If you notice, they said that. They didn't know who it was. So Paul gives them the complete gospel. And they believed on that. When it said they prophesied and spoke in tongues, they more than likely spoke either A, a language they did not know, or B, simply prophesied of receiving the Holy Ghost. 
not in an unknown language that nobody could understand. And, but they had to have evidence of Paul did that they received the Holy Ghost. So I will also say this, and I don't want to confuse you. In the book of Corinthians, it says, it, it, it talks about charity. Charity suffereth long, charity suffereth, you know, I think it's in chapter 13, it talks about all those things. It says, well, there's tongues, they shall cease. So if it was a supernatural thing that took place, once people received the Holy Ghost, there was no need for it anymore. Because this was the first time nationalities and people were receiving the Holy Ghost. If you remember, when the apostles first was in um, the upper room, the day of Pentecost, it said the Holy Ghost came in like a mighty rushing wind. He never entered anybody's heart until that day. This was a major event in history. And that is why there was proof given that they had, they had definitely been born again and saved. Once this happened, there was no need for it anymore because these people understood what receiving the Holy Ghost meant. And they, he then became their guide just like he is ours. Does that make sense? All right, has anybody got any questions or comments? Well, either I did a real poor job or a real good job, and I don't know which one. No, I don't know where Cain got his wife from his mother-in-law. Here's my thoughts on that answer. If you remember, when Paul went to the, on the road to Damascus and got born again, then he spent three years in Arabia. When he was born again, that man was an expert on the Old Testament. The problem was he didn't understand it relating to Jesus. Once he was born again, it clicked. He spent three years in Arabia. I don't know what all he experienced there, and neither does anybody else. So if somebody tells you he did, I wouldn't put much weight into it because we don't know. Uh, I know that in Corinthians, he said, that which I see to the Lord give I unto you, and he gives the instructions for the uh, communion. The way I read that, he got it from Jesus himself. I've often thought about when he was in Arabia, just what all went down there. But so keep in mind, he spent three years there. He spent some time back up in Tarsus after he went down to Jerusalem for like 15 days. He went back to Tarsus, spent like two or three years there or something. Um, and then Barnabas went and got him. That's when he came to Antioch. So this man who was already an expert on the Old Testament spent probably no less than five, six years studying what he already knew. So I would say just God was giving him revelations one after. That's why he had the thorn in his side, whatever it was. And everybody's got their guess. I've always, my guess is it was his conscience, his memory, because he persecuted the church. But you know what? 
I may be completely wrong. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he had bad dandruff. I don't know if he had curly hair, went to straight hair. I don't know what it was. And neither does anybody else. And the reason we don't know, and I've said this before, because if, if, if it was revealed what Paul's thorn was, every Christian on earth would have that thorn as an excuse to not do something for God. That's why we don't know. That's why all of us sitting here has a thorn. You have one, I have one. We all have our weakness. We all have something that troubles us. But I would say, Jimmy, like when he wrote Thessalonians from Corinth, no doubt God was giving him, Holy Spirit was giving him revelations then as he was probably writing. Because he said, when he talked about the thorn in, his, thorn in his flesh, he said, because of the revelations I'm receiving, he said, if I didn't have that, I would be so puffed up that it'd be pitiful. That's my words, but that's basically what the Bible says. He said, I would be so arrogant and it'd be beyond measure. So, all right, any other questions? I hope I'm making this, this is making sense to you all. I'm hoping I'm bringing it together somewhat the last few months, everything we learned, and it's starting to take some hold and make some sense. I hope so. A couple of you are shaking your head yes. A couple of you are looking at me like a calf at a new fence, so I don't know. Anyway, so um, goodbye. But uh, we'll stop there for tonight, and uh, we'll pick back up next Wednesday. We're almost through this. And um, under different people's expressed different things they want me to teach on next, and I'm still praying about all of them. All right. Glad this thing works for the most part. We're still going to try to get that one hooked up and still getting it all together, but we've come along.